0: empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Well, Marco, thanks for coming on the show today. I'm glad to be having this chat with you. Yeah,
1: fun to be here. Thank
0: awesome. You. Well, so uh, for our listeners, like uh, the reason I wanted to chat with you is because I think your story Um, could be helpful to other athletes so really what what I want to kind of get out of this conversation is like what is life like after a sports injury like a major sports injury um, and and you know how you sort of dealt with that because I know there's a lot of athletes that get injured and can't continue doing what they love to do like what does that all mean and is there life after that so I want to hear your story.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure where would you like to start?
0: Um, well, maybe starting you know, what sport you were involved with?
1: Sure, yeah. So so I was involved with soccer. Uh, I excelled at soccer at a young age. I ended up playing at an Ontario level for soccer. and the injury that I suffered was an ACL injury. and so as you know very well, an ACL injury can be pretty uh, debilitating injury for any athlete. It could be any football player, basketball player, etc., And they're relatively common in soccer. And yeah, so.
0: So what happened? Like?
1: Yeah, so it was a non-contact injury, right, as most ACL injuries are. Um, with football maybe being an exception, there's more contact ACL injuries in, uh, in football. Yeah. But yeah, what was happening was at that time I was essentially um, beating a defender. Uh, that was in front of me, and as I was turning around the defender, foot was planted into the ground a certain mm-hmm. way and wasn't able to pivot properly and essentially just fell. You, you just fall down. It's yeah. like a sack of potatoes. You just fall down because your ACL ruptures.
0: Right. Yeah. Did you know instantly mm. at that moment like that something you know bad had happened? I felt
1: like something bad happened, definitely, okay. but I didn't know what it was. And although I had some very... High level, you know, soccer coaches, they weren't like strength and conditioning coaches. They understood the game of soccer, they understood that at a pretty high level, but they weren't experts with strength and conditioning. So they actually didn't even know what happened to me either. And what was interesting was so I had to get helped off the field, and none of us really knew what happened. And they, after a bit of the adrenaline wore off, and I kind of stood back up off the bench, and they wanted to see if I could walk or if I could even jog. So I remember at some point while basically being off the field, basically standing back up and seeing if I could lightly jog, and it was very you know painful, and basically I was unable to do that, and basically we just shut it down for the rest of the game. But this is this is the difference between you know understanding you know kinesiology related things and just understanding the sport, and in a lot of sports. That side of the uh, expertise is kind of lacking, right? And that's partly what made me so interested in that, in this whole area that you and I are both involved in, because of that that inflection point.
0: Yeah. yeah, so there wasn't like a sports, because um, I know some teams will have like sports therapists yeah, no on sport, hand. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no sports therapists. No, 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 no. Nobody was available no, no, no. to...
1: You know, once you'd get to like uh, semi-professional slash professional levels of any sport, that's where you'd see more therapists that are side-by-side on, side on site with teams and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So... so you know the game ends like are you going to merge after or are you going home and then like yeah how did you know
1: good question so what happened was that night you know just shut it down a lot of ice and we took the necessary action in the coming days so the next day i would have gone to the hospital figured out what was going on get assessments and things like that and then you know you end up getting booked for MRIs, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, pretty soon after that, figured it out. That night was a different story, you know, just because we didn't really know what the injury was. But, yeah, you take the necessary course of action. And then uh, later on, a little while later, uh, elected to get surgery okay. and go through the rehab process.
0: Which, uh, which ACL surgery?
1: So I got a hamstring graft. Okay. Um, yeah and the interesting thing about the rehab process which i find interesting which you and i have kind of talked with a bit off air is that you know back then the therapist was good the physiotherapist was good but because i was a bit younger and because i didn't have other people around me who understood the importance of Fully rehabbing really properly. The rehab went well overall, but it could have gone better. And I think for younger athletes or parents of younger athletes, I think it's really important to emphasize how important it is to go full fledged with the rehab process. Um, So, both my parents, for example, there, Backgrounds were more in like numbers. Had you know good desk jobs, hardworking, hardworking people, pretty conscious overall. But with regards to like the human body and things of this nature, they weren't really as focused on this area of life in general. And so it was a type of rehab where you pretty much just make use of the of the insurance. And beyond that, there's not going to be a lot of a rehab process. And then I would do whatever for the most part I could uh, at home outside of the rehab. But in hindsight, what would have been ideal is instead of worrying about whatever is allocated to, you know, insurance coverage, it would be good just to do whatever was necessary because the return on that investment is like many, many fold over the course of someone's life.
0: So what you're saying is, um, you know, a lot of people because, you know, you know, have benefits through work, but may be limited uh, in terms of their coverage, but the actual, rehab process may go above and beyond and yeah. and you don't necessarily see it at that moment um you know especially if the therapist isn't expressing the the value right yes. um you know they're they're kind of explaining what we need to do in the treatment plan but may not be saying to you hey like look i know this may cost a little bit more outside of your insurance but here are the longer term benefits of continuing through um a rehab program exactly
1: yeah right. and like i said i had a good it was a The guy was a good physiotherapist. It's just... It's probably a tough equation to figure out psychologically how the therapist needs to communicate with the athlete knowing that they're uh, impressionable in different ways. So if my influence at that time was for my parents basically saying, okay, you'll be okay with this amount of uh, physiotherapy treatment, I'm just essentially going to go with that because, you know, when you're a younger athlete, you're not the one really making the decision. You're kind of... Influenced by others. Right. right? Which and, is and if, you,
0: and if you don't have the information, right, the, exactly. the important part is to educate the person, 100%. you know, what what the rehab structure really looks like and what the long term outcomes are. But I think part of it is also figuring out what, you know, the athlete's goal is. Right. Yes. Um, whether it's return to sport or just, you know, be able to get back some physically you know physically active so once you had gone through the rehab process like were you thinking about return to sport like were you thinking about return to soccer yeah after
1: so what I soon came to the conclusion of was that I would be able to come back to a certain level of sport and athletics but what the people around me the professionals around me at the time were essentially saying was that you are not that likely to be able to come back to the level that you were. Which I thought made sense, right? When you go through those general explanations and why, it makes sense. Um, You do have some instances where some, let's say, professional athletes like even high level athletes in an even more competitive environment do come back and are able to still play in the respective leagues, but oftentimes with something like an ACL injury It is good to temper expectations because pretty much across the board, the athletes will not come back 100% like they were before. And so that was my intention. My intention was to be able to live uh, an active life and still excel at athletics, which I've always enjoyed. It's always been, you know, something I've enjoyed in my life. And but no not going my intention at the time wasn't to
0: so you already on un- like you already understood that like this was something that was going to change change you forever a bit
1: of a fork in the road yeah a little bit of right. a tra- trajectory change yeah
0: um i guess i'm curious because you know there may be others who this is more of like a recent thing for them they've maybe recently yeah. gotten injured you know um i i guess they there's probably t- t- a couple things they're wondering is like you know, what's life after an injury? like, um, Mm -hmm. And then there's like an emotional component. Like, how do I deal with accepting the fact? Like, there's the acceptance piece that you're not returning. And then there's the, well, what does my future look like?
1: So so there's a few parts to these questions. So one version of the questions is, what could you do before and after the injury physically? And what could you do before or after the injury psychologically? Right. Right. And so ideally before an injury happens, like it'd be ideal if people had a better understanding of real strength and conditioning concepts to help prevent the injury. So like I alluded to, our coaches were very good at the sport of soccer and we also, they were very good at conditioning as well, but the actual strength and assessment side and understanding if anyone could be prone to anything, that was pretty much, that was lacking. There was a blind spot there, right? And so obviously if anyone has the ability to do that or if you have, um, you know, athletic centers around and stuff like that, like that's obviously helpful. Consulting physiotherapists, people in your position who understand the body the way you do can be very insightful even before an injury injury happens. happens. And that's my, that's my genuine opinion. And in terms of after an injury, you know, trying to do the very best you can to rehab, like really understanding the long game is important and then psychologically when you're younger it depends on the person everyone has different personalities but i think to some degree all athletes you identify with your sport to a certain degree it could be an extreme degree or it could be like a modest degree or anywhere in between but you're going you can expect to shift your mindset a bit just so that you don't do anything irrational so you know, it's up to each person to decide, hey, do I want to try to come back to my sport 100% or even beyond that? Or do I want to enjoy an active life, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Because what you might go through by trying to come back to the sport 100%, like say with something like an ACL injury, you may put yourself in a position where you end up disappointed. Mm, that is also yeah. possible. Right. And so you have to really figure out, hey, what do I want in life and what do I need to do to optimally get there? And that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Everyone's journey or end, end point and everything along the way is different.
0: So I want to jump a little bit to uh, the present moment. Um, so you, you know, t- like, OK, you're not doing soccer, but. What does your active life look like? Like, are Good you question. know, are you limited? Are you doing things you want to be doing? Like, you know, are there open possibilities for others? Good
1: question. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, it also there's a bit of a caveat. So, when we use even a term like ACL injury, right? That there's so many versions of an ACL injury. There's so many versions of any injury. And so, you know, is there. X amount of meniscus damage with the injury, what happened to the MCL during an ACL injury, all these other things. and The same questions could be asked for any other type of injury. Now, for me personally, uh, I'm able to still live an active lifestyle for sure. I'm able to play uh, a bit of soccer. I'm able to play a lot of basketball. Soccer is a bit unique in the sense that it has such different torque demands on your knee compared to even basketball or even let's say someone were to play football you know tennis hockey etc soccer stands out as something that's extremely uh, demanding on the knee joint right so I definitely have dialed it back a lot since and it's more casual but it's interesting because even playing some basketball sometimes when I train at a certain gym that might have like a basketball court I might warm up with some basketball I may even warm down with playing some basketball, either practicing or playing some pickup games and I can essentially, in terms of athletics, I can outperform virtually, you know, ninety plus percent of the people on the court in terms of athletics, not necessarily basketball skill, et cetera, et cetera, but in terms of the function of the knee joint, it can come back to close to a hundred percent. You know, it also depends on what demands you're putting it through. But, you know, I train four times a week, my training sessions take between 45 minutes and 60 minutes. That's what I enjoy. Uh, That could vary for anyone depending on what their preferences are, Uh, plus plus sport. So I might, you know, there might be some weeks where it's pretty minimal or other weeks where I'll happen to end up accumulating a few hours of sport on top of a few training sessions in the weekend. No real ill effects with regards to the knee, you know.
0: So... Um, I'm curious um, so you're 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 in the gym four times a week Mm -hmm. Um, are you doing specific things to focus in on the knee
1: absolutely yeah for sure that would be the that would definitely be the wise thing to do for anyone and so for me this structure revolves around you know taking care of muscles around the knee that are extremely important for knee health such as a VMO As you know, it's difficult to necessarily isolate the VMO, but that's kind of a side point. You don't necessarily need to isolate the VMO to have a great knee rehab. And a lot of the training that I involve myself in is extremely functional and athletic and with keeping in mind a certain level of hypertrophy to protect the knee joint as much as possible. So in terms of lower body, you know, you could kind of break down exercises by primary Muscles that are being worked, but let's just say, I enjoy doing sled pushes, sled pulls, uh airdyne bike, or someone could even use a stationary bike. Obviously, bikes are good, and that's why they're used a lot in the rehab process too, because it just happens to be an an amazing machine for developing VMO hypertrophy or muscle growth, and that's extremely helpful for the knee. I was
0: gonna say define hypertrophy because a lot of people may not may not know what that means. Yeah, so there's different
1: ways. So you know. Uh, you're, when someone's involved with any kind of training, what you're doing is to some degree you're strengthening muscles and to some degree you're developing more muscle tissue. And both of those factors, you're also developing, you know, if you're developing a cardiovascular uh, threshold, you're improving your cardiovascular tre- threshold. That's really important too because if you play a sport, the limiting factor for anyone is going to tend to be their cardiovascular output. at yeah, out of breath. And yeah, yeah maintenance. Yeah. yeah. And that, right? Which is a size subject, which is that that's where people become more prone to injury, right? So,
0: so you need both. You need to work muscle strength, but you know, build extra muscle tissue. Yes, you know, around the joint to be even more yes, uh, protected. Both are good to a
1: to a significant degree.
0: So, you know, you seem to know kind of like you know a lot about rehab. How how did you come to know so much?
1: Sure. So some of it was actually being in the rehab process and then the rest of it was essentially that this this kind of fork in the road changed the trajectory of my life where I became obsessed with, you know, understanding, hey, how does the body work? You know, what is everything that I can learn about kinesiology and especially with regards to the knee, but also just wanting to learn more and more about how to rehab and how to strength train. And, you know, it starts with your own injury and then you kind of develop an interest in hey, well, there's universal themes of how the body works, right? You know?
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is, you know, sometimes life throws you, you know, an obstacle and you will never truly know, like, and it ends up guiding you in a direction that you didn't even see coming. So yeah.
1: And I think in my, so I guess every case is different too. So In my case, I just developed an obsession with wanting to understand everything I could about the human body. So kinesiology was just a subject that ended up being something that I became fascinated by. For others, it might just be that they just want to rehab and do whatever they need to live a certain kind of lifestyle. And beyond that, they're not going to necessarily be interested. And that's great. Whatever, Again, whatever someone's goal is or what their interests are, you should pursue that. So if your goal is like we've talked about before, if your goal is to maintain a certain lifestyle, that's great. Beyond that, if you don't care beyond that, great, it doesn't matter. For me, I have a bit of an, like an obsessive personality. So when this happened, I took it very seriously, you know, that that week when I was injured and, and effectively bedridden for lack of a better term because you're pretty immobilized. Yeah. I that's where I started to develop a sense of empathy, you know, as a younger as a younger Uh, kid, essentially, I didn't really have that empathy for others up until that point where I realized like, wow, you know, a lot of other people have these significant injuries. And they may not have had the care leading up to that point to be able to prevent that. And they may have some care to take care of it to a certain degree afterwards. But the more of a team you can surround yourself with, and the more information and wisdom and understanding you can surround yourself with, the better off you'll come out of that. And I just happened to care a lot about that. And I think it was developed because of this. And yeah, I just ran with it from there.
0: I imagine in your rehab process, you would have hit some, you know, some days where just things were not, you know, working or an mm-hmm. exercise just, it seemed like it wasn't doing enough. Um, in that rehab process, like how did you stay in a positive zone. Like how did you try to stay positive Yeah. amongst this major injury, this life-changing event? Yeah, that's
1: a good question. It might be hard to might be hard to pinpoint, but because there's so many factors that have to do with psychology, right? But right. at the end of the day I knew that I had to push the envelope with the rehab process, even if I was in a position where, you know, you just you get weaker, your muscles don't function the same way, et cetera, et cetera. And you just have to keep the goal in mind. And if you keep the goal in mind, you're going to do the things that are necessary to move you towards that goal. And I think that was all that really mattered for me. Uh, I didn't really, psychologically, I really didn't have days, in my case anyways, where I was like particularly uh, disappointed or upset or anything like that. I just took it as a whole to say, okay, this is a situation. It is what it is and how can I make the best of it? And yeah. With what you're saying, you know, some days certain specifics with regards to the rehab won't go as ideal as you'd want it to. But overall, you should expect to keep making progress. Like if you put in the work and the effort, you're going to keep making progress. Right. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, um, for some, it can be hard to, you know, live a better life afterwards or you might not see it right away. And that's kind of the thing with exercise is that it's, you know, you can't expect to work out once and and you know things get better, right? You have to exactly. you have to make the dedication. You got to set yourself goals and you know track your progress if you're a numbers person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know to to stay motivated and and you know also have that positive attitude. And I think some of the positivity comes from knowing, right? If you understand to some extent how exercise plays an important role in the rehab, then you're more likely to stay, you know,
1: with it, yeah, stay with it, right, mm-hmm. and get
0: the positive results. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about some of the information that you were seeking out. Like, were there any particular influential people you were searching out or specific information that you were looking for to kind of optimize yeah, so, your life? Yeah,
1: so I found, I found so. You know, the other thing that's interesting is you can find in life, I feel like there's kind of two parts. One is you want to find the blueprints. Other people have the blueprints for you, they have the maps, right? Roadmaps. So people who have either been, been through things before themselves or who are experts at what they do, right? So uh, high level strength and conditioning coaches, right? Learning from, you know, physiotherapists, et cetera. There are people who over the last few decades have developed and put out content like high-level content with regards to certain subjects. So if you need the blueprint or the map for how to rehab an ACL, for, ex- for instance, or anything else, number one, you wanna find people who are, you know, geographically close to you and get that in-person treatment. But also, you can learn from people who are like at the edge of modern understanding of these subjects and learn from them, right? So someone like Dr. Stuart McGill, who is an expert with like the spine, right, and understanding how spinal mechanics affect the rest of the body, how it affects the limbs, right? Or even someone who uh, who is very popular back in the day, uh, Kelly Starrett, for example, someone who is a physiotherapist and strength coach, etc. And someone who understands certain aspects of the human body, or you know Charles Poliquin, who these people work with Olympic athletes, work with professional athletes in a variety of sports, NHL, NFL, uh, Olympic lifters, etc. If you can. Narrow it down to the people who are at the leading edge. And in my case, it was about like high-level strength and conditioning, right? And you can also get that in-person treatment with people like yourself. Then you're going to be able to take care of you know, any kind of issue and learn a lot about the human body in terms of what we're talking about at a high level. But you could take that to anything else too, right? Yeah. Figure out who's the best in the world at what they do learn from them, take that blueprint. And the second part is your own kind of internal compass, which is you're deciding where you want to go with it. You're deciding how to apply it. So other people can provide you with all the information and the insight, but it's up to you to decide how you're going to use that insight. And that's where your kind of internal compass comes in and how you want to direct your life.
0: Yeah. Um, And so, you know, did you find that the whole process of your research, your knowledge, your slightly obsessive, you know, behavior toward, <laughs> yeah. you know, rehab. Like, um, is that, you know, as you were learning that, is that what then pushed you into, you know, becoming a personal trainer and a strength and yeah, conditioning for sure. coach and- For sure.
1: Yeah, during that time, so rewinding back to that that week where I was basically immobilized in bedroom, I realized that I didn't just want the obviously the best for myself, but I really wanted the best for other people. And again, I don't know what Factors were at play for why I quickly developed a real sense of empathy for other people. I don't really know. Again, there's some aspects of psychology I think a lot of us, as a, just as a species or as a race, are trying to figure out. So I don't know what goes into that. But you know, understanding that. Look, also it's not fun when people are sick too, right? It's not just injuries when people are bedridden or less healthy than they'd like to be, etc. Or they just their physical body, their physical vessel isn't at the state that they want it to be. That's not a fun experience for anyone. So. I felt like I could take the silver lining from what happened at that point in my life at that younger age, and basically go full throttle with having as high of a level of understanding as I could, and serve other people in that way. And yeah, it's extremely rewarding to be able to help other people, not just people who have had you know past past injuries and things like that to different degrees, but also helping people prevent potential injuries or prevent getting sick as often as they might otherwise because if you have a healthy functioning body your immune system is better etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, you exercise well you hydrate well you sleep well all these other factors that I can you know emphasize for people both psychologically but also with certain strategies then I know that I'm you know serving people at the highest level that I can so it's very rewarding yeah,
0: yeah. um so it, it's just coming sort of to <laughs> my mind because um you know, I'm thinking about you know what other people have said when when they've worked with you in in training sessions. Um, it's not just about the physical working yeah, of no. the body, right? <laughs> I, you know, there yeah. there are other things like uh, what's the saying? You can't work yourself out of a bad diet.
1: True. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, why why like why just, is food important? Why do you talk yeah. about yeah yeah exactly? You include so, food yeah, in the conversation. Yeah, There's
1: certain there's certain fundamental, essential principles that are generally optimal for, for diet, right? But the, And the same holds true for sleep, right? There are certain strategies that are overlooked for sleep quality. There are also certain strategies that are overlooked for hydration, right? And each of them are their own subject that we could dive deep into. But I think the overarching thing for me is that If I can outline all the different key factors, like hydration is a significant factor in in athletics and performance and also injury prevention. I mean, if you're dehydrated and your body isn't functioning as well as it could be, of course, you're making yourself more prone to injury. If you are a bit sleep deprived, then I can guarantee you for sure, to some degree, you're, you're leaving something on the table where you could actually improve your performance. And it doesn't just go for athletics, it goes for daily life. So if people care about, you know, cognitive output or or energy or or mood regulation, whatever it may be, it could be athletics, it could be anything else. All these factors are critical. And so I would I feel like I wouldn't be doing the most service to the people that I get to work with if I only focus solely on what's going on with the training protocol itself. Because the training protocol itself, that's great, right? If you're doing what's great for the limited amount of time that I'm gonna see you during each week, that's all well and good. But if I can if I can inspire people to generally sleep better, generally hydrate better, generally eat better, then that's better for
0: You're optimizing them to live a better life. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. those are and, important key factors, and right?
1: Exactly. And you know, I may not be able to, you know, emphasize certain strategies with as much depth as say, like a naturopathic doctor or a physiotherapist, that's for sure, right? If all, all those things are true, there's no way that one person is going to be a master of everything to deg- the degree, to the degree others are. But there are some, you know, low hanging fruit that can be taken care of with relatively minimal investment on their end in terms of like, hey, if I make these couple dietary changes, this will take care of a meaningful amount of that area yeah if i just do one or two slight things differently in the evening this will make a noticeable improvement in my sleep quality and the same with hydration etc breathing mechanics you know we could talk about there's all these subjects that people can optimize. absolutely and absolutely. i i just find that i'm just interested in all of it and i'd like to just pass on some of the insights that i have for the people that i get to work with so
0: absolutely yeah. that's I, and i think that's important it's like that holistic um thought process right you you know Sometimes you know, we can get so hyper focused on a specialty, uh, that we you know, we get too narrow and and we miss a whole lot of information and a whole lot of aspects that you know can really help the overall picture,
1: yeah. And you know, what it is for me is that if you care enough, if if you care enough about these things, you're going to want to learn more about these things and share it with others, right? So, for me, I guess, in other words. Training has never been just about the physical or, or quote unquote, aesthetic benefit of training. That is one very nice byproduct of involving yourself with strength, conditioning, resistance, training, etc. Better diet, etc. But for me, it was always the physical layer of our lives you know if you can master that that's going to open the door to further mastery of the emotional layer of of a person of the mental or psychological layer these these deeper layers can only be improved to the highest degree if your physical vessel is optimized too. like in other words if someone were to not take care of their body and eat a relatively unideal diet etc how psychologically prepared are they for optimizing their life how emotionally how how much emotional fortitude? how much regulation
0: right uh and resilience right we're talking about resilience because i like to think about you know uh in my own mind with my own you know training is you know kind of you know expose the body to discomfort right because i mean you know you know working your muscles to, you know, fatigue. It's, you know, it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The benefits are so fantastic afterwards cuz you're building strength, you're building endurance, um, and I think that, you know, being able to expose your own self to that discomfort makes you more resilient um to other painful, you know, stimuli.
1: 100%. Right? 100%. Like I
0: think pain threshold changes when you exp- because your body gets better at dealing Adapt. with it just Adapting, adapts yeah. better Adapting.
1: right and it's also the uh, the concept of you know when you once you excel at one thing you become a bit better able to excel at another thing and then another thing so the the skill of excelling at something further compounds on that skill and training is one of the best places to start right yeah because if you learn all the intricacies of something like physical training and optimizing that that can translate to other things that could translate to work-related performance and intricacies like there's all other kinds of things that it translates into
0: well i read a lot of um business books and i follow a lot of you know um high level successful individuals and like anything i read all of them have incorporated some form of physical activity because yeah. it, it is a success habit. If you can get up in the morning and I try to do any around a ten minute, you know, routine in the morning, it's like if you can get it in, it's like you've won the day. Exactly.
1: Right. Exactly. It just
0: sets the tone already. Like yes, before anybody's gotten out of bed, I've already accomplished this. Think about how much more I'm gonna exactly. accomplish. exactly builds
1: momentum. Yeah, and even someone like, you know, Sir Richard Branson, you know, yeah. iconic individual, very successful on all fronts, he's been known to say it's been, you know, documented, he's happy to say that he feels like he's literally at least twice as productive on a daily basis because he incorporates some general training in his life. Yep. You know, this is someone who has, you know, all the money in the world, can do anything with their life. And feels like he's twice over twice as productive by that he wouldn't feel like he's where he's at if he wasn't involved with general movement practices, right? We're yeah. talking about movement practices. Yeah,
0: yeah. Movement, yoga, uh, a lot of like uh, yeah. high entrepreneurs, you know, include like thirty to sixty minutes of yoga in the morning. I mean, mm. it, it's talk. It really comes down to challenging the body, right? Yes. If you can challenge the body, then it doesn't, you know, then it's less like it. It decreases the amount your body challenges you back.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and other challenges don't feel as challenging. Right? Well, that's because just, you're adapting. Exactly.
0: That's just it, right? So, um, no, I think this has been a really, um, I think, helpful conversation. Um, you know, and hopefully it's helping others yeah, kind of sure. look at bigger picture. And, but, you know, again, it, sometimes things happen in life that, you know, uh, can be really hard to accept. And yeah. then they somehow take you in a direction that you would have never gone had exactly. you not experienced this, um, you know, situation, right? Exactly. Um, you know, got to try to pull the, you know, the positives.
1: 100%. Out yeah. of- There's always silver lining. For anyone with any challenge, look, there are people who are, you know, disabled. There are people who are born with certain uh, illnesses. There's all kinds of challenges in the world. And obviously, an injury might be the least of those challenges. But you know, no one's born with an easy path. Everyone is going to be dealt a certain hand of cards. And the goal in life is to do the best you can with that, that hand you're dealt.
0: And, and find the opportunity, right? Because, you know, what's in the way is the way, yeah, right? The learn to, you know, when you learn to solve a problem or learn to solve a challenge or an yeah. obstacle, that's an opportunity then to teach others, right, yeah. and and so many people have done that with their life. Rather than fall victim, they you know they saw sol- they take their problem, they solve their problem. They learn everything they can about that problem, and all of a sudden another they're an expert on that problem, yeah. sharing that with others, right? Or it, it it changes the direction of their life, or they get in contact with people they would have never met, exactly. And travel places they would have never gone to, and all you know you hear those success stories. And uh, they're highly inspiring, but you know, you don't have to become you know a high-level person. Like you can have these small, or medium, or large successes in your own life. Yeah, as well. and or
1: and exactly, or at least just draw from other people who are, you know, experts at what they do. There's all kinds of ways yeah. to learn those things and apply them to your life. And you know, virtually everyone can enjoy a, a good quality life if they put you know an attention to it, right?
0: Yep. Totally. So, Marco, this has been an awesome conversation. I want to ask, you know, if people want to find you, where do they? Oh, find Oh, sure. You? Where
1: to find me? So, I have a, you know, a company called Fit Life Mastery. So, our website is called fitlife.life. Life uh, You can find me on Instagram at Fit Life Mastery, and I'm sure if you search some of those keywords you'll find me where you want to find me if that's the case yeah yeah
0: awesome and you know whatever links you provide me we'll put in the yeah, sure, uh, sure. show notes uh which can be found on the ecophysio.com website we now have a tab that says podcast so in there if you click in there each episode in the descriptions will have um you know the predominant contact info if you uh want to chat a little bit more about marco's journey or you know you need some training that you want to do <laughs> uh you know you can check him out there so thank you so much yeah, totally. for coming thank on the too. show and a lot of fun, yeah. i'm sure we'll chat again
1: 100 percent, that'd be fun
0: awesome thank you for listening to living a better life podcast make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes we would also love to hear your comments suggestions and reviews Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.